Welcome to the Achieve Results Nutrition and Wellness Podcast, the ultimate guide to feeling and looking your best. Join me, your host, as we embark on an exciting journey to discover the power of nutrition, exercise, sleep, recovery, and mental performance. Get ready to be inspired, motivated, and uplifted as we uncover the secrets to unlocking your full potential and living your best life. Whether you're a fitness enthusiast, a wellness warrior, or just looking to improve your overall well-being, this is the podcast for you. So sit back, relax, and let's get ready to elevate our performance together. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 13 of the Achieve Results Nutrition and Wellness Podcast, what I'm calling one of the most informative and impressive podcasts in the universe right now, on the air, on the World Wide Web, however you want to call it. And the response has been great. So I just want to thank everybody for that. But enough of me tooting my own horn here. Today, what I want to talk about and what I want to get into with everybody here is the importance of understanding your macros, your calories, and your energy-supportive foods is vital for you to understand how to build an ideal dietary approach. Now, what does that mean? So what that means is that if you know the components of what you need, you can make a more informed decision, okay? And I think that's essentially, at the end of the day, how you become successful long-term and kind of what this whole thing is all about, right? It's about developing an approach that works for you. And it's about developing an approach that fits the lifestyle that you want, the lifestyle that you're trying to create and the lifestyle that you have. And where I feel like people really struggle is that this is the unfortunate facts, guys, we are not taught in school or really anywhere else, anything about nutrition. And it's really disappointing, right? Because this is like saying, hey, we want everybody to we want everybody to be healthy, just figure out your macros, understand your calorie intake, eat healthy foods that provide the nutrients that you need. If you're more active, you need different calories, you need different macros. If you're less active, you need different calories and, le- and different macros. Everybody's a little bit different, but guys, we want everyone to be healthy. The world's in this state of disarray where the majority of people are metabolically unhealthy and we're going in a bad direction and blah, blah, blah. But there's no education about this. You don't have any training, you don't have any guidance, anything like that. People are bound to make mistakes, okay? So that's what this is about. I think the less mistakes we make due to a lack of knowledge, the more influential that we can make our diet in in a positive manner, right? So the question for you guys, the question for anybody listening to this, is that do you actually know what foods provide protein, what foods provide carbs, what foods provide fats, okay? Most people can't answer this, all right? A lot of people will say, yeah, I know carbs, that's bread. All right, I know protein. I eat a lot of peanut butter. That's my protein. Disclaimer, peanut butter is not a good protein source. All right, and most people don't really know where fats come from, honestly, right? So guys, there we have a real lack of knowledge and a real lack of understanding in what our macronutrients actually are, what the calories are that we're consuming, how we're getting those calories, and then what are energy supportive foods that can make us feel better and perform better and just essentially have more vitality, really just more energy and stuff throughout the day. And a lot of people are afraid to admit this, right? They don't know what macros are. They don't know what protein foods are. They don't know what all the different foods that provide carbohydrate, and they certainly don't know all the different foods that contain fats, okay? 
which is a massive problem, obviously, when you're trying to create a beneficial diet for yourself. That's just like a lot of people, they get embarrassed or they don't want to look stupid or whatever it might be not knowing this stuff because they think that this is like the basics, right? Oh, this is just basic stuff. I should know this. Everybody knows this. Guys, I'm embarrassed to admit this. I did not know. <laughs> I did not know what macros were until probably my like my second semester of college when I was training to be a dietitian. Listen, if you guys are, I'm sure you're ahead of me at this point, okay? And I've managed to figure it out. So I can guarantee you right now, it's not as scary as it sounds. It's not as overwhelming. It's definitely not as overwhelming as it sounds. It's actually quite simple once we get into it. But it's absolutely vital that we understand it, right? It's giving somebody a destination. Hey, here's what you need. Here's the destination. You got to drive across the country right now. I'm in New York. You got to drive to Los Angeles, but you don't get a map, okay? You might get some, you might be able to stop at some gas stations and get some directions along the way or whatever. You, you know what way West is, right? So just start heading West and see if you can make it to, to LA, right? Some people would make it. Some people would take a hell of a long time. If it's somebody like my wife, she would drive in the exact wrong direction and end up driving straight East. I can guarantee you of that, right? So again, these are things where there's nothing to be ashamed of here. We all start somewhere. We all have to start somewhere. And to me, knowledge is power. And we need to start with knowledge and we need to start with the understanding of not the basics, all right? That's where I was going with this is that a lot of people feel embarrassed because they feel like this is basic information and they should know it, but they don't. This is fundamental information, okay? This is extremely important to understand. Without the fundamentals, you cannot build a base, okay? Without the fundamentals, you're going nowhere, okay? Because it, without an understanding of the fundamentals, you're literally just guessing. You're just picking a direction and you're just trying to go aimlessly in that direction. But without some fundamental understanding of how to get there, you're never going to get there. So basically, we want to know how we can utilize the best nutrition approach possible given our goals, given our lifestyle, given our activity levels, given if we have any medical issues or anything like that, right? We want to know how to we can manipulate our diet in a way that's going to be most effective and most beneficial for us, okay? So again, without the fundamental understanding of what are your proteins, what are your carbs, what are your fats, what are your calorie containing foods, what are your energy supportive foods, then it's going to be very hard to figure this out, okay? So that's what I want to start on today. Literally today, again, this is not basic, this is fundamental, okay? So listen as intensively as you can to this, because this is the stuff that will literally change the game for you because it's the fundamentals. And when you know the fundamentals, it becomes very easy to start acting in alignment with your goals, okay? Because when you've had a hard workout in a day and you need a good carbohydrate source, you're going to know exactly where to get it, okay? When you're sitting down and you're like, oh, okay, I'm, I need to include a high quality protein in my meal, you're going to know exactly what foods to incorporate into that meal. If you're trying to do a higher fat diet and a lower carb diet or vice versa, you're going to know exactly which foods that you can eat and which foods that you can choose in order to support that approach that you're wanting to take, okay? And also, too, in terms of calorie management, you're going to have a lot better time or a lot easier time managing calories because you're going to understand what are the more calorie-dense foods, what are the things that I could, should probably be avoiding if I'm trying to save a few calories or keep my calories in a more controlled manner. 
Or what are the foods that can provide my body a bunch of calories if I've had a really big day, I've done a ton of activity, I'm trying to bulk, I'm trying to put on muscle, trying to put on body weight of any kind. These are all things that it would probably be very helpful to know, right? It's just like you're trying to make that drive out west, it would probably be very helpful to have a road and, and some guidelines and some landmarks along the way that you can look for in order to make sure you're going in the right direction, okay? And understanding these fundamentals, that's exactly what this is going to provide for you, okay? So I just want to start today with, with our macronutrients, right? So the big question that I'm sure there's people listening to this may not be able to answer. Like I said, I wouldn't have been able to answer this question until I was about a semester deep into dietetic school. So don't feel bad. What are macronutrients? Okay. Macros are simply the calorie containing portion of the foods that we eat. All right. So there are four macronutrients. All right. You guys probably know three of them very well. There is protein. There is carbohydrate and there is fat, okay? Those are the three main macronutrients. So all the foods that you're eating, they're gonna be a mixture of these things, right? They're gonna contain proteins, they're gonna contain carbohydrates and they're gonna contain fats. And those are the things that provide calories to our bodies, all right? And then the fourth one that a lot of people don't think about sometimes is alcohol, okay? And alcohol is a little, is a macronutrient because it provides calories to our body when we're drinking it, okay? So things like water and stuff like that, they don't have calories, so they're not considered a macronutrient, all right? We're drinking milk. Milk contains protein. Milk contains carbohydrates. Milk contains fats. Therefore, milk contains calories. So that milk is a calorie-containing, macronutrient-containing food, right? So that's the difference there for anybody who needs to understand the difference, all right? So now let me just start with protein here. And why this is important that I want, to under want you guys to understand these fundamentals is we need to know how many calories that these food, these macronutrients contain, okay, because they all, they contain different amounts of calories, okay, so if we're looking to control calories, there's specific foods we're going to want to eat that are maybe a little bit lower in calories naturally, and they, there's also different functions that these foods provide to our body or these macronutrients provide to our bodies as well, so I want you guys to make sure that we fully understand these things, all right? So I'm going to just go through the super basics. This is just the need-to-know stuff, okay? There's not, we don't have to get super down in the weeds about this stuff, but there's a couple of details that are very important to know, again, for that fundamental understanding of what these foods are providing to us and then how to choose wisely when we need to, okay? So starting with proteins, those are four calories per gram, all right? So for every gram of protein that you're eating, you're getting, you're getting four calories, all right? And what proteins do for your body is they are the rebuilder and the repairer of your entire body, okay? So I'm talking literally like protein is the bricks. It is, you know, when you're building a home, it is the structure, it is the bricks, it is the siding, it is the shingles, okay? Protein is the structure molecule. So everything literally from your DNA out to your hair, skin, and nails is made of proteins, okay? Protein is the structure molecule of your body. So this is why obviously protein is so very important, all right? People hear about protein all the time. We get told protein's great for building muscle, okay? Maybe not everybody's main goal is to build a ton of muscle, right? But I'll guarantee you a goal of yours is probably to have properly structured DNA, a healthy body, healthy cells, strong bones, a good immune system, nicer looking hair, skin and nails are smooth and strong and all these different things skin is el is elastic you're not getting saggy skin all this stuff this is all developed due to the proteins that we're eating right so protein is that structure molecule 
And we want to make sure that the structure of our bodies is sound, obviously, from the DNA all the way out to the hair, skin, and nails. And then also we can take advantage of protein for its muscle building properties, right? So if you are training regularly, if you are a very active person and you want to hold on to some muscle, you need to consume an adequate amount of protein, okay? And even if you're not trying to be a bodybuilder, it's still very advantageous to have muscle on your body. It's a more metabolically active tissue, so it's really great for extra calorie burn, for increasing on your metabolism. It's great for health, obviously, right? Because even your heart is a muscle and stuff, so we want to make sure that we're providing all of our muscles the building blocks that they need to be strong. And also, as we age, right, muscle really becomes that protective organ, essentially, on our body where it provides us strength, it provides us stability, it provides us resilience and all these different things where we can get out, we can do the things we want, we're not sore, we're not tired, but we do end up sick. It's very beneficial in that if we take a fall or something like that, it's very protective. So protein is huge. All right. It is literally the building block of your body. So we'll start there. Now macronutrient, the second one that I want to cover is carbohydrate. All right. Carbohydrate is also four calories per gram, same as protein. Okay, and carbohydrate is extremely important because it is the energizer of your brain and your body. Okay, your brain's preferred fuel source is carbohydrate. All right, so when you're low on energy and you're feeling brain fog and you're tired and all these things, the easiest way to improve that is to have some carbohydrates. All right, that will kick up your energy levels the fastest, that'll kick your brain back into gear the fastest. And what carbohydrates are is they're a primary fuel source for exercise as well. So the easiest way to think about this, the way I always explain it, is that the more your heart rate goes up, the more your need for carbohydrate goes up, all right? So as your heart beats faster, so if you're out exercising, if you're at the gym, if you're running, whatever it might be, the faster your heart is beating, the greater your need for energy, right? So if your heart's beating faster, you need energy faster. So that's where carbohydrates are the major player in the whole situation here is that they're that fast fuel, okay? They're that bo your body's preferred fuel source for any time that you're doing any kind of um, higher intensity exercise beyond resting or very slow steady state cardio exercise or anything like that. Okay, so carbs are super important as an energizer. They're also very important because they provide a ton of nutrients. Just like I, I didn't cover this on protein, but proteins are also very rich in vitamins and minerals, which we call micronutrients. And these micronutrients are extremely important, which I'm going to get into later. Proteins are a great micronutrient source, tons of vitamins, tons of minerals in a good lean protein. And same with carbohydrates, okay? If we're choosing good whole food options, like I'm talking coming from the earth type of carbohydrate sources, like whole grains, fruits, berries, vegetables, things like that, they're also very rich in micronutrition, meaning they're very rich in vitamins and minerals, which provides our bodies a ton of essentially the essential vitamins and minerals that our body needs to run properly or run at its optimal level and stay healthy and all of these different things. So carbs are four calories per gram again, and they are that primary energizer, that primary fuel source that our body can use in any time of need. And then that takes me into the third one, which is fats. All right. Fats are nine calories per gram. So pay attention to that. All right. Protein was four calories per gram. Carbohydrates were four calories per gram, but fats are nine, all right? Fats are more than two times more calorie dense per gram than a protein is or a carbohydrate is. And where fats become very important, again, is they're another great energy source. So fats are like a slow burning energy for when we're mostly at rest. And if we're doing like very slow, steady state exercise where really your heart rate's not getting up, 
very high, right? Then, so fats, it, it's like, there's an extra conversion process to turn fats into a fuel source. So basically it's your body will utilize a lot of carbohydrate when it needs it, but it'll also convert fats into energy as well. Okay. And these are also the two things that get stored as energy when we're over consuming, right? So fats are the first thing to get stored as energy and fat cells when we're over consuming food. And then carbohydrates are also second in line there to get stored as energy when we're over consuming foods as well. So fats are vital for hormone and brain health. Okay. So that's the big reason why sometimes people are like, oh, fats are really high calories. So just cut them out. Just don't eat them. Right. And if you don't eat fats, then you can't get fat kind of thing. Right. Or at least you're going to save a ton of calories, but there's value in all of this stuff. Right. So protein is the structure molecule. We don't want to skimp on that. Carbohydrate is our energizer and it provides a ton of nutrients for our body. So we don't want to skip on that. And then fats are vitally important for hormone production. Okay. So for anybody who's been on a low fat diet or tried that or been on a very low calorie diet where you're cutting a lot of fats, usually the first thing is you will start to see some issues hormonally, which obviously is a problem. And then for brain health as well, especially omega-3s. So we definitely want to make sure we're getting enough fats in our diet to make sure that we're supporting our hormone production and we're supporting our brain health, okay? So those are the three main ones. That's where we're getting the majority of our calories. Hopefully, I hope you're not getting a large majority of your calories from alcohol on a consistent basis. Then we got a whole nother issue here. But so those are the three big ones. Protein, four calories per gram. Carbs, four calories per gram. Fats, nine calories per gram. Now that brings me down to alcohol. So alcohol is in the middle. It's seven calories per gram. All right. And this is the one that obviously I do not recommend ever. Unfortunately, I know everybody loves or a lot. Most people love their booze. They love to drink, whatever it is, but it is a poison. It is terrible for your body. There's really no positive benefits. I always say the only positive benefit I ever got from alcohol was when I was single and I was out cruising the bars at night when I was young. Then it gave me a little bit of liquid courage. So beyond that, I've never really found much of a benefit of alcohol. And science also does not find any benefit um, of alcohol either. It really just, it is a literal poison to your system and there are no positive benefits effects really from drinking alcohol okay there's only negative effects unfortunately okay just a couple things right it's it is seven calories per gram so it's again it's fairly high in calories considering right it's higher than protein it's higher than carbs it's just below fats so we are consuming quite a few calories when we're drinking alcohol it's usually also comes with other things right we're going to overeat maybe we're out we're doing like some like appetizers and drinks or pizza and drinks or whatever it is, you know, nachos and margaritas or whatever, right? So it usually comes a, a accompanied with lower quality foods, higher calorie foods, that type of thing, right? It also decreases the digestion of your food, okay? So if you're drinking consistently, you do run the risk of running into nutrient deficiencies and stuff because it actually just, it what it does is, is it just obstructs your body's ability to really digest your food well and digest your vitamins and your minerals and your nutrients very well, right? So it gets in the way of nutrient absorption. Also, because it is a poison, your body will literally work to digest any alcohol you consume before it digests any of the food. So if you're in a situation where you're drinking a bunch and you're eating a bunch at the same time, it's actually going to delay the digestion of your food so that your body can metabolize the alcohol first, get rid of it, and then, then it'll start working its way through your food. So you do have um, the ability there to store more of your food as fat and essentially at that in that point. The less alcohol we can do, the better here, okay? So those are our four macronutrients. And these, again, are extremely fundamental to understand, okay? Because 
what we want is no matter where you are, what situation you're in, whether you're at home making dinner, you're out for a meal, or you're stopping at a 7-Eleven or something, we want to know what are our options in terms of our macronutrients and what are they going to do to provide us with what we need at any given time. So just to go over things again here, protein is that building block of the human body, right? You're always going to want it, all right? And to me, this is the least negotiable macronutrient, all right? It doesn't matter what you're doing. You will always want to be consuming at minimum 0.8 grams of protein per pound of body weight. My recommendation is always aim for one gram per pound of your body weight. If you're heavily overweight, you could aim for a gram per pound of your ideal body weight or about 35% of your current calorie intake. If you're counting calories or anything like that, you would aim for 35% of that calorie intake to be coming from proteins, okay? If you're in the athletic population, if you're training consistently and you're training hard and you're beating your body up and you're using it hard, Okay, if you're in that athletic population, then I'm going to recommend that you do one to 1.4 grams per pound for protein of your body weight. Okay, which is a lot, but it's necessary, right? It's it, like I said, it's vital that rebuild repair process. And it's vital to your muscle protein synthesis, or in other words, your body's ability to build muscle. Okay. Now the four main reasons that we need to keep protein high all the time, like I'm talking, every time you eat, you should be having a primary protein source. Like I do not eat a meal. I do not eat a snack unless there is a primary protein source included in it. Okay. So these are one of those things that I just am a true believer that you really need to prioritize this. Right. And there's a couple main reasons why we do that. So protein is great for satiety. Protein is one of those things that will keep you full for longer. All right. It's great to help you get full and it's great to help you stay full. It's also great for blood sugar regulation. So if you're consuming a higher carbohydrate meal um, without protein, you will get more of a blood sugar spike than if you consume that higher carbohydrate meal with a protein, right? So protein is a great buffer for, for your blood sugar levels, which is a great buffer for sustained energy and satiety. Like I've harped on enough, right? Protein is that thing for tissue repair. Okay. So I know the majority of people that are listening to me speak. I know all of you guys that are, whether you're a part of Don Saladino's Challenger crew or you found me somewhere else, you're probably motivated to be active, be living an active lifestyle, you train regularly, you're in the gym, maybe you run, whatever it is, you're a physically active human being, protein is essential for tissue repair. So when we are working our bodies hard, that is a stressor, okay? We are putting our bodies under stress. Now we need to make sure that we're providing that ample amounts of the stuff that's gonna repair it, right? So that's what protein is in this situation. It's great for tissue repair, it's great for brain health, great for muscle building, great for DNA production, great for immune health, all of these different things. It matters for all of it, okay? So we want to, we never want to skimp on our proteins. If there's, I say like, when in doubt, just eat protein. If you're going to overeat protein, just get the more of that you can get in, the better. There's really no like upper limit where you're going to get into a dangerous spot. Like there, there's been these myths out there in the past that protein is hard on your kidneys and that sort of thing. They've studied this many times and it doesn't look right now from the research like that is the truth. Now, if you have a problem with your kidneys, then that's a different story. Then obviously, if your kidneys are already damaged or you're having issues with them, then you would have to manage your protein intake. But if you don't have any issues like that, if you are a generally healthy individual, protein is going to be the play as often as possible. Okay. Um, and two more cool things about protein is the thermic effect. Okay. So you can actually get an enhanced calorie burn from an increased protein intake, okay? So 
this is basically what goes on here is that your body burns calories in the digestive process of your macronutrients. Okay, so we were talking our macros are protein, carbs, fats and alcohol. All right, so you actually get a 30% thermic effect. So 30% of the calories that you consume in the form of protein are going to get burnt in the digestive process, whereas only like 5% of your carbs are going to get burnt and 3% of your fats are going to get burnt in the digestive process. So there's a massive bump you can get for just like your metabolism in general by consuming more protein. And again, that has to be a higher percentage of your diet, right? So if you're eating 2000 calories in a day, you would want to, and you were getting 20% of your calories from protein, you'd want to up that to 30, you'd want to up that to 35% of your total calorie intake, right? So obviously your protein intake would go up, and then you would have to either decrease your carbohydrate or decrease your fat intake to make sure that the protein was a larger percentage of what you were consuming. But I've done the math on this. And even if for someone that's only consuming 1500 calories, if they were to double their protein intake from 20% of their total intake to 40, they would burn like 28,000 extra calories a year, which is an insane amount, right? We can really get a really nice, whether you want to call it calorie burn bump or metabolism boost or whatever you want to call it, we can get that from consuming more lean, high quality proteins as opposed to more carbs and more fats, okay? So that's massive, I think, for a lot of us. So if you're one of those people who you've been struggling with weight, weight gain, or struggling to lose weight or anything like that, that's the first place I like to look is look into your ratios, right? Because you can literally give yourself whatever, a 400 calorie burn bump per week just by increasing your protein intake, which is takes no extra work. It just takes an adjustment to your diet, right? So if you are one of those people who's stuck with a body weight or something like that, I always recommend looking into your macronutrient ratios first and making sure the protein is up at about 35% of your total caloric intake throughout the day. Okay, or throughout the week, throughout the month, that's what we want to that's what we want to do. And then lastly, it's not stored as body fat. So this is a really interesting and cool finding about protein is that proteins, when they get digested, they get broken down and turned into what are called amino acids. Okay, and amino acids, again, they're like just the individual bricks, right? So if you're laying a road, if you're building a house out of brick, whatever, the amino acids are just the individual bricks, essentially, right? The individual pieces of the puzzle. And there's 20 of them, 20 of those amino acids make up one protein. So if you want to call it a puzzle, however you want to think about it, amino acids are not stored as body fat, okay? Amino acids are, so your proteins are digested, broken down into amino acids, they get sent around, they float around in your blood, essentially, and they will get sent anywhere they're needed for any kind of tissue repair, whether that's DNA, tissue turnover in organs, bones, brain, muscles, hair, skin, nails, doesn't matter, teeth, like it, literally anything that's a, a structure of your body, your cells, all these different things, that's where these aminos will go. They do not get stored as body fat, okay? And that's the interesting thing where protein differs from all the other stuff, right? Because carbohydrates get broken down and the extras will get stored as body fat and extra fats will get broken down and stored as body fat as well. So here's where we can also take advantage of overeating on a specific macronutrient and maybe not having the backlash of essentially storing extra body fat, right? And they've done tests on this as well. They've done tests where they overfeed people, but they overfeed them with only protein and they don't gain near as much body fat as people that they overfeed the same amount of calories, but they give them peanut butter instead. And those people will gain body fat. The protein group will not. Okay. So if you're going to overeat, if you're going to overdo it, that's why I love protein in those situations, because it's not going to turn into extra body fat for you. All right. So that's protein. 
Now let's cover fats a little bit here. All right. So fats are a little more variable. Honestly, like I, I try to put them in at about anywhere from 25 to 35% of somebody's total calorie intake throughout the day. Higher percentages are okay. If you want to go with a lower carbohydrate intake, I would say don't go below 25. 35 is usually pretty standard for people. Like I said, they're super important not to avoid because they are, they're a vital nutrient. Like you 100% need fats in order to survive, in order to maintain hormone production, in order to maintain organ health and protection and things like that, you're going to need some fats in there. And they're also actually vitally important to nerve signals. Okay. So obviously your body's sending nerve signals around the body constantly. Fats actually shield the nerves and protect the nerves. And they also help send the electric signals across the body. So when we're super low on fats, we can actually like degrade like the protective casing essentially around our nerves and then nerves are unable to send signals around the body as quickly as easily and as efficiently as they need to be so fats obviously we really want to make sure we have these in our diet okay why we want to watch out for fats okay remember nine calories per gram as opposed to four they're very high in calories so you're going to consume a lot less dietary fats than you are proteins or carbs in general just because they're more than two times more calorie dense so if i eat obviously, whatever, a gram of car of protein or carbohydrate, I'm getting less than half the amount of calories, right? So that's why our fat intake has to be managed. We got to be pretty aware of the amount of fats that we're putting into our diet, because it really shoots our calories up pretty, pretty heavily or pretty quickly, if we're doing a lot of dietary fats. And that's usually a place where people don't understand all of the different places where dietary fats are I guess, accumulating, right? Like a lot of times people will eat fatty meats, they'll do a lot of nuts, they'll do a lot of seeds, they'll do butters and olive oils and things like that, thinking, okay, these things are all healthy, right? Oh, I'm eating almonds and cashews, and I'm eating all these mixed nuts, and I'm having eggs and having meats, right? I'm having a steak or something. I'm eating all very healthy foods. I'm eating a bunch of avocado all the time. And this is great. What that also does is that's going to really shoot your calories super high. So a lot of times people are thinking they're eating very healthfully and really you are right but again calories have to come into play at some point here so if you're consuming a lot of these high fat healthy foods you can really be over consuming on calories and then that becomes an issue in itself okay so that's the important thing to know about fats just because they are higher in calories you can be consuming really healthy fats all the time but if you're really over consuming them that can become a really big problem and that could be one of those reasons again why you're feeling stuck in your ability to make progress with your diet okay and then carbohydrate, <clears throat> that's, remember, energy supplier to the brain. So I'm not big on super low carbohydrate diets. If I'm being totally transparent and honest, you could live without carbohydrate intake. You would not die, okay? You would die without protein intake. You would die without fat intake. You would not die without carbohydrate intake. And that's where people have, like, the keto diet people have hung on to that or however you want to call it, is that you? they're not essential. You don't need them to survive, but you sure as hell need them to feel good and live a decent, I would say like a normally energized life, right? Like they make survival a lot easier, a lot better, a lot more efficient, I think, when you are consuming some form of carbohydrate. Now it doesn't have to be massive amounts, right? But I do believe carbohydrates have their place in the diet. And I think they're very important because they are the energy supplier to the brain. And they are a, an energy supplier or the main energy supplier when we're doing any kind of higher intensity exercise. And I highly recommend that everybody do some form of higher intensity exercise at least a few days a week and really get the heart pumping, get your body moving, challenge yourself, and carbs are going to fuel that 
process. Okay. So you're going to be able to perform better, feel a lot better, have more energy, have better workouts, be able to push the intensity higher when you are consuming carbohydrates. So that's why I think that's so important. Okay. One other thing I just want to clear the air on is that they don't make you fat. Okay. A lot of people, especially recently, like I said, since the whole keto diet craze and all these things, people have this misunderstanding that carbohydrates are the things that make us fat. All right. They don't. If you're consuming high quality carbohydrates, they do not make you fat. I think the things that are more likely to make us fat are ultra processed, highly sugary, highly fatty, snack type, hyper palatable foods. Okay. Those are the things that are generally making us fat. And a lot of times it's people say, oh, chips, pizza, baked goods, all of these different things. These are all carbs and carbs are making us fat. No, those are carbs and fat. Those have both. Those are about a 50-50 split of carbohydrate and fat. All right. But what they are is they're hyper palatable. They're very easy to overeat and they're very high calorie with very low nutrient density. Now, I really would challenge you to consume brown rice, quinoa, lentils, and berries and get fat from that. You right. If we're consuming high quality carbohydrate, I really don't feel like this is a problem. And you're only going to look better, feel better, perform better because these things also are whole food sources of carbohydrate are also very high in nutrient density. Okay. So you're going to get a ton of vitamins. You're going to get a ton of minerals. You're going to feel really good. Your vitality is going to increase and therefore you're going to look better, feel better, perform better, have more energy on the daily and be a lot more likely to live that active, healthy lifestyle that we're trying to live and do it enjoyably. Okay. So carbs, again, these are the things that can be really variable though. Okay. So Again, protein is that first non-negotiable. We really don't want to mess with that. You want to aim for that gram per pound of your body weight or your ideal body weight, no matter what, always, okay? That's always my first thing. Then fats we need, okay? So I would say anywhere between 25 and 35% of your daily calorie intake, we want to make sure we're getting that those fat sources in there. All right, now carbohydrates are those things that yes, we could live without. So they are a lot more variable depending on a lot of different factors, right? The main factor being your activity level, all right? If you're a highly active person, remember, that means your heart rate's going to be up more often. That means you're going to be using a lot more energy, so you're going to need more energy, okay? So that's where carbohydrates are going to be very important. So if you are a more active person, you're going to want more carbohydrate than if you're very like less active or you're sedentary or anything like that. Then you can literally, that's where you would be decreasing your carbohydrate intake because you're not really going to put them to use, right? like somebody who's highly active. If you've got blood sugar issues, obviously your carbohydrate intake is, you're going to want to manage that, okay? Because carbohydrates are the things that have the ability to increase your blood sugar, whether you know it's highs or lows or whatever. So we want to make sure we have a nice balanced carbohydrate intake and something that's not going to mess with blood sugar issues, if that's a problem of yours, right? If you have dysregulated blood sugar, or maybe you're pre-diabetes or you have diabetes or whatever, then that doesn't mean, in my opinion, that you can't have carbohydrate, but it's definitely important to monitor and manage your intake of the carbohydrates that you are consuming, right? And again, you in that case, you would want to opt for these whole food options of carbohydrates where they're very nutrient dense. And secondly, they're very fiber dense, okay? So when we're eating whole food sources of carbohydrate, they're very fiber dense. Um, and that's also something that helps manage hunger and satiety like it improves satiety. And it's also something that helps manage blood sugar and digestion. Okay, so it will actually slow the digestion of your carbohydrates, which helps to manage your blood sugar makes make sure you avoid spikes and like highs and lows with blood sugar and stuff. So 
that's where a high quality whole food based fiber rich carbohydrate source would come into play. And then obviously it's going to depend on goals too. So if you're, if you've got, if you've got goals to really push the limits with your energy levels and push the limits on your body composition and everything, I think you're probably going to need more carbs rather than less. Okay. And then the ability to regulate our intake. So that's another thing. Carbs get a bad name because they are so damn good. Okay. Carbs are friggin' delicious which means they're very difficult to regulate for some of us, okay? Like most of us can't sit down and eat 12 ounces of chicken, but we can sit down and we can eat a gigantic bowl of white rice, no problem, and still want more, right? Carbs are difficult to regulate. That's why you want to choose, again, those less palatable, those less hyper palatable carbohydrates, like your sugars, the processed carbohydrates, things like that. Even sometimes just like grapes are a great example. Like I've never sat down to a, to a bag of grapes and not almost polished it off, right? Like some of these things are very hyper palatable and those sugars in there really get us going and it's hard to regulate that. So if we do more whole food based sources where they're higher fiber, there's really like low or no sugar in these things. They're more like starchy based or whatever. They're a lot easier to regulate the intake of that. So that's one thing to really be careful of with carbohydrates. And that is, I think the reason why so many people say carbs are bad. It's not that they're bad. It's that our ability to regulate our intake of hyperpalatable carbs is bad, right? So again, we just want to make sure that we're consuming a lot of berries, a lot of whole food carbohydrate sources that have a high fiber intake, and you're probably okay here. So the last one I want to touch on is alcohol. And alcohol just, I'm not going to go super in depth on this. That's like a whole nother podcast, honestly. Like I would love to just do a, an entire podcast where essentially what I'll do is I will just shit all over alcohol and how bad it is and how useless it is in the human diet. And I hate to be this guy, but honestly, if they banned it, I would be happy because it's literally, to me, it's like the same as smoking. It provides nothing. It provides nothing but health issues, okay? There's no benefit. There's nothing good about it. So I'm not really so sure why it's even something that we keep in our society, like cigarettes, in my opinion. But like I said, I'll save that rant for another day in the interest of time here. But alcohol is just going to affect our ability to make choices, okay? You are going to throw your inhibitions to the wind when you get a few drinks in you. That's when you start eating like shit. It also disrupts our hunger and fullness cues, right? So usually at the end of a night of drinking, we can go home and we can, and we can polish an entire large pizza. Okay, that's because it really does stunt our body or our brain's ability to recognize hunger or fullness or whatever, right? So obviously it's going to affect our ability to make choices, which has already thrown us on, in a bad spot. And then it affects our ability to regulate how much food we are eating, which puts us in another bad spot. All right, like I said, it disrupts our digestion. So we're more likely to not digest our food as well. And potentially some of that gets stored as extra body fat. And the big thing and the last thing I'll touch on in terms of alcohol, where I think is most disruptive to the human body and most disruptive to our ability to burn fat, see the results we want, build muscle, regulate our hormones, all these things, is it affects our sleep, okay? Alcohol, even a couple of drinks, ruins your sleep, all right? And when your sleep gets ruined, then your blood sugar regulation gets messed up, hormonally things get messed up, testosterone decreases, thyroid hormone potentially decreases. The next day, if you have a poor sleep, you, are, you have poor decision-making, you are much more likely to make poor food decisions, you have impaired regulation of your hunger and your satiety. So again, you may overeat just due to being tired because you got a poor sleep. So there's so many reasons why, honestly, like I said, why I do not like alcohol, but I think that's the big one, right? So calories aside, 
And the very likelihood that you're going to go off the rails and eat a ton of food or just eat a bunch of junk when you're under the influence of alcohol, beyond those things, it ruins your sleep and ruined sleep ruins literally the rest of your body. Okay, so that is not something that I like to play with, which is why I don't recommend consuming alcohol on a regular basis. So I'll stop there for that. <laughs> I also wanted to get into what doesn't provide energy, okay? So I think a lot of times people get really confused on this, right? I talk to so many people that are like, oh yeah, I drink electrolytes for my workout and I drink BCAAs and my energy levels are amazing and I take creatine and I just feel so good. It's like, those don't actually provide energy because they don't provide calories to your body, all right? That doesn't mean they're not very important. So the ones that I really want to cover today are vitamins and minerals, branched chain amino acids or BCAAs, electrolytes, caffeine, and creatine. These are all incredible for support of energy production. They are not energy providers, okay? So they do not contain calories, therefore they do not provide energy. But what they do is they support our body, they support our cells in the production of energy. So 100%, we want to make sure we're getting as many vitamins and as many minerals into our body as possible. And we can do that just by eating a high quality food-based diet, rich in proteins, rich in colorful fruits and vegetables, rich in complex like fibrous carbohydrates and healthy fats, right? Plant-based fats is the way I usually like to go. So the more vitamins and minerals we have, the more components of energy production we can provide to our cells. Our cells will use all those things and then they can provide energy out, okay? So we definitely want to make sure we're taking care of our micronutrient intake or our just like nutrition in general, our nutrient intake, right? That's massively important. Branched chain amino acids, very important in terms of like muscle building process. If you're eating an adequate amount of regular, like complete proteins, if you're getting enough protein in your day, just through your diet, and even if you're taking a protein shake or something, you do not need to take branched chain amino acids on top of that. That would essentially be like, again, remember I, I was talking about there's 20 amino acids in a complete protein, and it's part of the puzzle. Branched chain amino acids are just three pieces of that entire puzzle. And if we've already got all those puzzle pieces available to our body, we don't really need to throw more of those same puzzle pieces into the mix, if that makes sense. So I'm just a big proponent of eat enough protein, get enough dietary protein, have a protein shake if you need. Don't waste your money on branched chain amino acids. They're just three small components of a complete protein. So I'd rather you just do the complete protein anyway. All right. Electrolytes, again, amazing for, for energy levels, like just through hydration. Okay. So if you're dehydrated, your cells cannot produce energy at their optimal level. You will not run at an optimal level, right? You will be at a disadvantage just from a performance standpoint and a function standpoint when you are dehydrated. Okay. So this is where electrolytes come so heavily into play is that electrolytes are vital to our hydration status. So we want to make sure we're getting those main electrolytes, sodium, potassium, magnesium. The other interesting thing about these electrolytes is that they play a vital role in literally like hundreds of different reactions in our body, but like muscle function being a big one, brain function being a huge one. There's just so many different reasons why we want to make sure we have these minerals because that's all they are. They're just minerals, right? Sodium, potassium, magnesium, chloride, these things. We want to make sure we have these minerals available in our body so that our body can utilize them as needed. Okay. And they're also huge in terms of hydration status. So we definitely want to make sure we're staying on top of our electrolyte intake, but they won't give you energy specifically, but they will support it. Okay. Caffeine's another one does not give you energy, but what it does is it helps block fatigue. Okay. So even if you are fatiguing, you're going low on energy, you're not going to feel it as much, okay? Because caffeine is going to block that. Again, not providing energy, 
but it sure as hell is blunting the fatigue effect. So that's why I love to use caffeine for before a workout. It will help enhance a workout because you will not feel the fatigue as heavily as if you don't have caffeine in your system. All right. And then creatine, again, is an energy substrate. Your body can rely on creatine as a form of producing energy, but it is not energy, if that makes sense. So that's another little tricky one, but long story short, take creatine. It's great for you. It's going to improve your workouts. Your work, your improved workouts are going to improve your, your performance and your ability to build muscle and get in better shape. And then as you build more muscle and get in better shape, you're going to burn more fat. You're going to look and feel better. And we got a nice little positive circle going. So those are the big things with the, with these with these things. They are not energy providers, but they are 100% energy support systems that we definitely want to make sure we're taking care of in our diets. So the last thing is we want to be able to understand what foods are providing what macronutrients. And I think this is the other place where people get stuck, all right? So guys, please do me a favor. I have these resources actually in on my website. So if you go to arnutrition.net, scroll down to the free stuff. I have a thing called Mastering Macros. It's going to give you a layout of all your protein sources. So all your top proteins, all your best carbohydrates, all your best fats, all these things. You got to know this stuff, okay? Because if you don't know, you cannot make that informed choice when you need to, okay? So the best examples I have of this are like, how many people listening to this podcast right now think that peanut butter is a great protein source? Probably most of you guys, okay? Peanut butter is a terrible protein source, all right? It is about maybe only about 15% of the calories you're getting from peanut butter come from protein. The rest come from fat and come from carbohydrate. All right. So a lot of people are telling me, oh, I get my, I eat some peanut butter every day or I eat nuts or whatever. It's a terrible way to get protein. All right. When we're talking calories versus the amount of protein, it's a terrible protein source. Okay. So that's important to know. And also things like sausages and bacon and these fatty steaks and all these different things. We think these are all protein sources, but they're about a 50-50 split of protein and fat. Also remember the amount of calories in fats, okay? So fats have a lot more calories than a protein does. So if we're consuming something that's 50% protein and 50% fat, not only are we getting way less protein than we think we're getting, because we're only getting about half the amount, right? So if I'm eating a steak thinking I'm getting all protein, I'm only getting half that amount of protein that I think I'm getting. And then I'm also getting a pile of fats in there which is really driving up my calorie consumption for the day, all right? So we can really mess things just from a misunderstanding right there, okay? So if you're doing a lot of things like sausages, bacon, fatty meats, even if it's ground turkey or pork or ground beef, but it's got a high fat content, then what we're doing is we are not consuming near as much protein as we think we're consuming, and we're really over-consuming fats. And when we're really over-consuming fats, we're definitely really over-consuming calories. So this becomes a very important relationship essentially to understand so that you know how to choose your protein sources wisely so that you are not driving up your fat intake and driving up your calorie intake throughout the day. So that's the big thing. Learn exactly what are your lean protein options. Get like four to five good lean protein options that you know are your best sources, your go-to sources, and just hammer down on those, okay? Be relentless on those. Be boring if you have to choose four. So my four, like I love grilled chicken breast. I love turkey. I love 96.4 ground beef. So 96% of that is protein. Only 4% of that is fat. I love egg whites and I love whey protein. Okay. Those things are predominantly probably literally (laughs) 96 or more percent protein. Okay. No fat, no carbohydrate, no nothing straight up protein. So I know when I'm consuming those foods, 
I'm getting all protein there and I'm really doing my body a, a nice service there. And I know I'm not over consuming calories. I know I'm not over consuming hidden fats or anything like that of that. So that's very important. Then secondly, I think it's very important to know what are your carbohydrate sources. Okay. So most people, when I ask, what are your carbs? Most people know white bread, crackers, and I don't know, soda or juice, right? Most people don't know that there's carbohydrate in pretty much everything you're eating, whether it's vegetables, fruits, avocados, nuts, dairy, all these different things, they all have carbohydrate in them. We got to know which are the more carbohydrate dense sources and which are not. Because then again, as we're going throughout our day, we can make our choices. So if I'm sitting down, I don't like to double or triple up on like carbohydrates, right? I just think once we start to do that, it's very easy to just like overconsume them. So if I'm sitting down to say tacos is a great example, and I'm having three corn tortillas, that's carbohydrate. I'm having rice with that. That's more carbohydrate. I'm having beans with that. That's more carbohydrate. I have a couple of tortillas, chips or whatever. That's more carbohydrate. And then I throw some guacamole in on top of that. That's mostly fat, but still carbohydrate in there, right? So again, having an understanding of where this stuff fits and how to essentially manipulate the food choices that you're making to make sure we're not overdoing it on any one or the other, it becomes very important as you can just see by that example, right? And then obviously, lastly, we have how can we get our healthy fats, right? So we want to make sure we're not over consuming fats. Like I would call them, they're not hidden, but they, we just don't necessarily think of a lot of these foods as fat dense foods. So things like fattier meats, we got to really be careful of like our nut and our seed intake. If we're doing dairy and things like that, then the fat intake can really go up, right? Obviously, we've got oils and avocado, guacamole, things like that. We want to make sure we're very aware. And I think the big thing, is that we just understand the more we know, like, all right, that's mostly a fat, that's mostly a carb, that's mostly a protein. Now we can start to build ourselves a plate or build ourselves a diet or structure our food choices in just a lot more informed way. And like I said, these are these fundamental things that if we don't know them, it's going to be very hard. You're going to, you may just be totally stumped, not understanding why you're not making progress. And it may be that you're eating a cup of nuts every day thinking that they're a great protein source but really what they are is 750 calories of mostly fat and carbohydrate so again it's these things that sometimes we just don't even understand our intentions are great but we just lack the knowledge okay and then the last thing i will say is under know which sauces and which condiments are really calorie dense as well because that's a huge one right we sit down we think we're doing the right thing we get that salad instead of the burger and fries and then we drench it in a pile of ranch or caesar dressing or something like that and again, these things are very high in fats. They can also contain some carbohydrate and they really just drive up the calorie content of what we're consuming. So a lot of times we have the best of intentions with our food choices, but then it comes drenched in an oil and it just blows the calories way out of the water or it's got blue cheese on it or ranch or all these creamy dressings or maybe it's just loaded with whatever, cheese and bacon bits or whatever it is, right? So make sure we're paying attention to our sauces, to our condiments, to our salad dressings and all these different things. And making sure that those aren't the thing that's shooting us over the top, right? Or a common one I see is people cook with oils and they don't measure it. So they may dump in, I don't know, three or maybe four or five tablespoons of oil thinking it's not very much because you're just dumping it out of the bottle. But when you add that up, that's 600 calories worth of fat, right? We want to make sure we're hyper aware of that stuff. And the more we understand the fundamentals of how foods are constructed and what the macronutrients are of a specific food, right? So you should know like, all right, how much protein or carbs versus carbs and fats are in a chicken breast or how much proteins versus carbs and fats are in the Greek yogurt that you eat or how many calories is that serving of nuts that you like to eat every day? How much, how many, here's a good one. 
how many calories is that serving of, of peanut butter that you throw into a protein shake or onto rice cakes or something every day? You might be shocked to know that it's not 100 calories. It's actually four to five. And when, especially when we get into our higher fat containing foods, the calories can shoot way up really quickly without us even knowing. And then it becomes a huge problem because we feel stuck. We feel like we don't know which direction we're going. And really, it's just like a misinformation or a lack of understanding of what we're consuming, right? So that's the big thing, right? All of these things really do need to be understood. And I would challenge you, if you're still with me, if you're still listening today, I would challenge you to do that. Get very familiar. The easiest way I've done this, honestly, is I have Chronometer. I use the food logging app or food tracking app Chronometer. And the coolest thing or one of the coolest things about that food logging app is if I can log like six ounces of chicken, it will actually give me a macronutrient breakdown. So it'll say 95% protein and 5% fat. I can log peanut butter and I say I'm having whatever, two ounces of peanut butter, it doesn't matter. It will say 80% fat, 15% carbohydrate and 5% protein. It will give me the breakdowns of that. So not only will you see how many calories your regular serving of the foods that you normally eat are, but you'll also see the macronutrient breakdown. So you'll be able to be like, oh man, like I thought my peanut butter was protein. Actually, it's really not. Or I thought that sausage was a great protein source. Really, it's just a ton of fat and it's way higher calorie than I ever anticipated, right? So these are great ways to understand what you're eating more. And if you get in there and be the detective a little bit, and it's just the more you know, the more you know, right? The more you know, the more effective you can be. And the more you know, the more informed choice you can make. So that's what I'm asking. That's what I'm saying in terms of for today, what I feel is super important about just understanding these fundamentals of what are what foods are providing what calories, what foods are providing specific macronutrients, and what are those energy supportive foods that you're really going to want to make sure that you include into your nutrition so that you can make the most of your daily dietary intake. Okay, guys, so I hope that was helpful. If you have questions, just reach out to me through Instagram or on, on my Facebook page. I have a free Facebook page for anybody who is not in it yet. Just reach out to me through Facebook or through Instagram. My Instagram is Adam underscore Ross underscore RD. If you guys have questions, just reach out, shoot me a DM in there. Tell me you listened to the podcast and that you had a couple questions or whatever. Or if you're in the Facebook group, feel free to do the same. So guys, I hope this helps. I think this is literally one of those fundamental starting places where people want to skip this stuff and you want to go right from A to Z, but unfortunately, it's really hard to understand what you're doing at Z if you haven't gone through the process of understanding these fundamentals yet, okay, guys? That's the challenge for this week. Learn a little bit more about your food. Hopefully, this podcast will help you learn a little bit more about your food. Guys, have an amazing day, night, weekend, weekday, wherever, whenever you're listening to this. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your attention and your ears or your eyes, depending on where you're seeing this. And guys, I will see you for episode 14 coming in next week. Please note that this podcast is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. The information shared on this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and should not be used as a replacement for the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider. Additionally, the opinions and strategies discussed on this podcast are those of the guests and host, and do not necessarily represent the views or endorsement of the podcast or its creators. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition.